Yes, and welcome back to the Mate How Good Works podcast. With me, Josh. And me, Donna. Oh yeah, baby, it's us. We're here. We're back again. We are here with this week, with the week in football, and obviously. Uh, thank you to everyone that listened to our podcast on Parchi Sung. Thank you to everyone who listened to our last podcast on the week in football as well. But this week, um, we are going to be focusing on well, quite a few big things have happened in the course of the last um, in the course of the last week. And then there's only one place for us to really start, and that is all of the dentists in Liverpool feeling sad <laughs> that all of the bright white teeth and all the teeth whitening will not be happening for much longer. As news has been revealed that Jurgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool. I said that as if like we were the ones that revealed it. As in, (laughs) could you imagine? Uh, I would love to know if there was like one person in the world that found out today that like this is when they found out that Jurgen Klopp was leaving. Like, oh, I'm just listening to the weekend football and how good was. Oh, wait, what? Jurgen Klopp's leaving? (laughs) But obviously massive news. um, Klopp leaving Liverpool. Donna, what's your thoughts? Um, first initial thoughts were they're fucked. Those, that was my first thought. I thought Liverpool are quite fucked. Um, I think they've been in a bit of a transition for the last two seasons. This season is kind of clicking, but even when I'm watching it, I'm thinking it's not as good as it. It's not as good, and I don't think it will get as good as obviously the seasons when they reached the Champions League final and when they won the league. Um. And I think him leaving is going to leave them in a real sticky situation. Um, the players that the next manager will inherit is, I'd be I'd be impressed. So say so say they get say they get Jabby Alonso, I would be I think next season if they can get him, because I'm assuming he's their first choice. Just let's just yeah. assume he is. Um, I think if they can finish in the top four with that team, I think that would be a successful season for them. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that I think that the when you actually look at their squad, they have they have I would say they have three world class players, four world class players possibly. Trent, Virgil, Van D- Virgil Van Dijk. I thought I said just Virgil and then stopped. Uh, Mo Salah and Allison, and I think very feasibly at least one of them is going to go. I think if not two of them will go in the summer. Now he's gone. Van Dijk's mm. comments today that were like, "Well, we'll have to see." I'm like, "Oh, mate, you don't need to." That's such yeah. a weird thing to say. Salah, I feel I, I don't know why, but I just feel like Salah's going to go as well, and I feel like you Klopp is getting. Klopp is getting extremely high levels out of some of the players in there that aren't quite, that aren't as good, I don't think. Like, their squad is like, like, there's no denying, right? Their squad is very good. They've got a couple of world, they've, like I said, they've got three or four world-class players. Their squad's very good. But the the job, he, Klopp has that place on toast, right? Like, he has that place on absolute toast and is... I, I, we'll talk about him a bit more in a bit, but he is an outstanding manager. Whether you like him or hate him, he is mm. he is top three managers in the world. But I think it would be really difficult for another manager to come in and grasp the culture, the city, etc. Like he appears to have, well, like he not appears, like he has done, and to get those players ticking and working the same way they were before, especially if they lose, like. Especially if they lose, like I think Salah, I think feasibly one of Salah or Van Dijk could go, 
or will go. And they've got they've got some good players. Like they've got some they've got some players that are not quite that aren't world class, but are good players. I put like Luis Diaz is a very good player. Jot is a very good player. Um, Alexis McAllister is a good player. I think Canate is a really good player. But then they've also got a lot of people in there that are, I say are, are performing above their stations at the moment. Like Curtis Jones looks really good at the moment. Yeah. But I think if there's a different manager in there, he's the type of player that's not going to be doing that. Wataro Endo, I mean, I, I don't watch Liverpool enough to claim that I know exactly what Wataro Endo does every single game, but he was a 31-year-old they bought from Stuttgart. Do you know what I mean? I can't. I imagine that, yes, the numbers might have been really good, but I feel like having a manager of Klopp is going to elevate that a little bit more. And... I agree with you. I think they're going to really struggle when 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 he goes. I think I think there's a he is so good. He is such a good manager. I think they're really really going to struggle when he goes. Yeah, and I agree. I think he, along with him and him and him and Pep, the next manager, it's you can't replace you can't replace a manager of that quality. They're, those are the they're the two best managers in world football, undoubtedly. The only yeah, the two they are the two best. I'd say. There's no manager you're going to bring in, let's be honest, that would be able to fill the boots of a, of a manager like that. And I think just as a result of that, it's such a hard job to walk into. I wonder if I, I, I wonder if there will be managers that are put off by it because you don't like if you look at Fergie, you look at Wenger when they both left. I'm not saying obviously you don't have the longevity of those two had, but the impact he's had at Liverpool. He's such an iconic manager for them. They talk, they're talking about him in the same way as they talk about um, Dalglish, and they talk about um, what's like his Paisley face? and those like yeah. So like they're, they're their greatest managers. Yeah. They're talking about him in that in that in the same in the same sentences. So yeah, you don't. It's not. I don't think it's a. Obviously, the job is massive. It's very appealing to a lot of managers, but I do wonder what kind of manager would want to take it. Yeah, agreed. I think the hardest the hardest job is taking the job of someone who is doing something really well. I think it's really I think it's much easier as a manager to take a job of someone who's doing shit as opposed to the manager who's doing really well. Um I I think it's uh I think they I was we we were having a chat in our group chat the other day and there were names banded around like I think like someone like Iriola was mentioned as someone who could possibly do it. And I kinda of think that like if I was Iriola, I know I'm Bournemouth manager and that's going to be Liverpool manager but I think fuck me I would stay miles away from that that's too that's too big a jump too quickly I think the thing that Shabby's Alonso's got going for him is that he he'll get he'll get he'll get time because he's an ex-Liverpool player and he's a Liverpool legend understands the club etc although he did force his way out of the club and fell out with Rafa Benitez but we'll forget about that um and he has managed Bayer Leverkusen, who are challenging for the Bundesliga and are a, and are a big club. Like whether you, agree, I know they're not massively successful in terms of their trophies, but they are a big club, and he's doing an outstanding job with them. So I think the fact he's been at a bigger club and has the Liverpool thing gives him time. But it wouldn't surprise me, like I said, if they came fourth or fifth next year, just because of transition, not because their squad's particularly, not because their squad isn't, their squad is within the top four best squads in the league. But I think the transition period is going to hit them. Re- I think it will hit them really, really hard because they'll have gone from someone who's so engulfing and sort of owns the club and gets the club to a T, um, like Jurgen Klopp. And like you said, like I'm a Man United fan. I don't want to. 
I don't want to come up here and big up Liverpool, but I'm also I'm also not an idiot and can understand that Liverpool is a massive job. It's a massive, massive job that comes with a huge amount of extra pressures. Um, that Klopp, Klopp and Liverpool, when you actually think about it, go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, one hundred percent. There's not a manager I feel that fits a club better than him. So. I think if Shabby, I think Shabby Alonso, I think will come in. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I think the only other person I think they could possibly go and get that I think could do a good job there is Deserby. But I don't know whether, I, I, I don't know whether they, I don't know whether they would. I think Shabby Alonso. It seems like it's every all noises seem to say that even though they're like, oh, it's not a guarantee or anything like that. There's a lot of noise around it. Jabby Alonso apparently has got a gentleman's agreement that he can leave at the end of this year if a bigger club come in. And he's, apparently he cited Liverpool, Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, his three former clubs. And to be fair, I mean, two of them could be looking for a manager in the summer anyway. But yeah, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a fucking hard job. I don't think it's a bad job. I think it's a fucking really, really, really hard job. Yeah. And I think... The more I think about it, I think Jabby Alonso is the hottest property in up-and-coming managers at the moment, isn't he? So yeah. the next big job that comes up, he's going to get linked with it. He's been linked with the Real Madrid job since the start of the season, since there were rumours that um, Brazil were going to take Ancelotti, which doesn't seem to be happening now from what I've previously yeah, heard. Yeah, contract that. extension, so I don't think so. So yeah, it's, it's it's super unlikely that he's not going to want to stay now, especially with the team he's he's building. It's, <laughs> they're going to be a serious force, like in Europe now for the next couple of years. You would have thought challenging Man City yeah. for that Champions League spot. So, um, I think I don't see how anyone feels feels it. Basically, basically, I think Deserby would probably be a better better option um, than Alonso. Yeah. I think I think if you're I think if you're a Liverpool fan, you probably want Alonso, and I probably would want Alonso. But if you're being mm. pra- if you're being practical, I would say probably Deserby would be a better choice. Um, yeah, I think he'd fit in. I think he'd fit in better as well. I don't know. Alonso still feels like a bit of a gamble for me. Because yeah, I mean, agreed. I feel huge gamble. Bayern, Bayern, Bayern have had an underwhelming season so far, um, and. Yeah. Leverkusen are just are just picking up results every week. So, yeah, I, I think if he, if he wasn't such a massive name, maybe he wouldn't be linked with these these top jobs. Um, he, he probably mm. wouldn't, I'd say. But you don't want to miss the boat on what could be the next big manager, do you? No, and I, but I also have to think as well to his to his to pick up what you said, sort of to his defence a little bit is that. Bayern Munich have a significantly better side and Thomas Tuchel who is probably rated within the top five managers in the world so to be pushing them he's obviously doing something right um, but yeah I, I agree I, th- I agree in the sense of I think Deserbi would also be a really good fit but I would also would quite like Robert I would also quite like Roberto Deserbi to be the next Man United manager so <laughs> I hope he doesn't go there um, I was listening so just on the Bayern Munich thing I was listening to Talksport earlier and Jim White went he was like he was he was talking about it and he was like Harry Kane's out there. Harry Kane. He needs to be doing more. And I looked up, he's got 23 goals in 19 league games. What <laughs> fucking more could he be doing? Jim White's clueless, isn't he? Jim um, Shite, what is he talking about? Right. Coming back to, I would like him to replace Eric Ten Hag if Eric Ten Hag goes. We need to talk about, um, we need to talk about Marcus Rashford. We need to talk about the situation, right? 
So before we actually go into to talk about what he's done and what etc., I think the the thing that comes the thing that I sort of thought I can't stop thinking about when going through this situation is all it makes me think is Ten Hag has lost. I, I think it was always a thought that Ten Hag had lost a dressing room anyway, but I think this sort of firms it firms it up for me because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but as stupid as what Marcus Rashford has done. And this is by by the way, this is, is no way, shape, or form blaming Ten Hag at all because I don't blame him for what Rashford has done. I I actually again listened to someone on Talksport earlier trying to go, well, it's Ten Hag's fault, and it's like how in it it, it physically cannot be you it, you just dislike him. He's just not very media savvy, and he doesn't offer great interviews, so you're trying to just slag him off. And he's Man United manager, but I do think the fact that Marcus Rashford has thought I'm going to chance this in the hope that I might get away with it shows to me that he has lost a dressing room because I think if you had a strong enough relationship with your manager, I don't think you would chance it that publicly. I don't think I don't feel like you would. I don't feel like I don't feel like Liverpool players or, or players under Pep or Klopp or even like Emery under whoever are a good standard are going. I'm a massive I'm probably the biggest player at this club. I'm I, I'm the I'm the superstar of the club, right, for Man United. He is he is sort of the post boy for the club. I don't think any of them would go, fuck it, I'm gonna go out on a Thursday night and call in sick on a Friday morning. I don't think any of them would ever do it because they would be so scared of what the manager was gonna do. Whereas the fact that he's even thought about trying it and then done it, I think shows to me he has no respect for the manager. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the the yeah I think if you care that little about any sort of repercussions because you you just know you're going to get photographed there don't you yeah you can't yeah. possibly think I'm going to go to a club it was a club wasn't it in Belfast yeah. of all places like you're going to get photographed people are going to see you you're going to stand out you're going to get photographed it's going to end up on the internet he's going to find out about it you can't you can't call in sick you can't call in sick. You've got to nah. be in training. That's so silly. It, it, but I will say, I do agree in the. I do agree what you're saying, and I think, yeah, he potentially may have lost the dressing room, and it, I think it just stinks of the Sancho situation. Like, I don't really see Ten Hag winning this one, like in the sense that he's not going to be able to get rid of Rashford as easy as he got rid of Sancho. Because he's gonna. This is inevitably where it's going, right? He's 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 thrown him under the bus in the media. He's basically said it, it's an internal matter. We're dealing with it, which says, yeah, he's done this, and he's not sick. It's not a case of he could have just turned around and gone, yeah, he's sick. He was sick. He he was unwell, and and left it at that, and then yeah. that would have been the end of it. But he hasn't. He's kind of fanned the flames a little bit by saying that it's, it's an internal matter that we're dealing with. Um, you don't have to pull the don't have to pull the wool over the fans' eyes. Obviously, everyone can see the video, but still, you have still got to respect the player and back him up in the media. I'd say I know he hasn't respected the manager by the way he's performed, but um, I think that's the difference between. I've seen we've spoken about this before. The best managers they, they don't throw their players under the bus like this. I agree, but I also think as well that it's been very clear there's been there's been discipline issues at Man United for fucking years, right? For years and years and years. And one of the mantras and one of the reasons that Ten Hag was brought in was because he was a disciplinarian and because the players with poor attitudes ran the dressing room. So I don't I don't think he's done. I think if he came out and said he's never going to play for this club again, 
I think then mm. that's probably a bit different. But I think him saying it's an internal issue and we're dealing with it is I don't think is I I don't perceive that as that bad. But also he can't the whole entire world the whole entire world has seen that or anyone who has the internet or anyone who has any form of care about this situation could have looked and seen that Marcus Rashford was in a nightclub on a Thursday. It's been reported everywhere he was in a nightclub on Thursday. So if Ten Hag went, yeah, he was sick, then what? Then he's just going. He's going to get. He'll get. An, he'll get an exact same reaction. But everyone will be like, oh, he's a cuck because he's allowing all these things to happen. Like uh, he can't. Win, he literally cannot win at this. And this is. And this is if it. If any, if Pep had said that, if Klopp had said that, whoever had said that, no one would be going, oh, Klopp, Pep, whoever, they've really found the flame here. They, uh, this is, that, that's the thing I really struggle with about this. I, I, I genuinely don't understand what he could do. Because if, if he sort of, how can you back him? He's unbackable at this point. It is as, it is as bad as it gets. It's, it's unbackable. So it, but he's not, he's not thrown him under the bus at all, I don't think. I think he said it's an internal matter and we're dealing with it. And he's not giving it any airtime because I think he could have he could have he could have um, elaborated on it a bit a little bit more but I do also agree with what you said at the beginning that I think it's the beginning and the end for him I think yeah. it's been I think the writing's been on the wall for a little bit anyway but I think it's starting to be the beginning of the end for him because because player power always wins they've thrown manager under manager under ma- after manager under the bus and it's and it's happening again it always happens around this time as well we have one good season the season afterwards everyone throws a manager under the bus and I don't, I don't really, what the, I, it's, it's so baffling because what the players don't need is a softer touch. They don't need that. But clearly Ten Hag is a disciplinarian, ha, well, isn't working in terms of relationship with players. You need, like you always talk about someone, you need an in-between, someone that you're scared to, you're scared shitless of, but also you respect enough and you have a close enough personal, or, or you have built a form of personal relationship that you wouldn't fuck about. Fear's not the right thing. You just don't want to disappoint them. You look at the best managers, and you know that they, you know that they properly care for their players, but also they're not going to take any shit. And Man United, I feel like in point in Ten Hag, or the way that Ten Hag is perceiving or is being perceived or portraying himself at the moment is he just takes no shit, but he doesn't really invest in the players, and that could be completely wrong. And it could be completely wrong because he's poor. He's not media trained. But that's the perception I'm getting at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't. Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's going to be the beginning and the end for. It's hard to say which one of them really. I think at this stage, Rashford looks like he's he's a shadow of himself. I think he. I don't think he. I think he probably does need to move away. I don't. There's clearly something not right at United. Yeah, and. I don't know if Marcus Rashford is the problem or if Eric Ten Hag is the problem, but there's something not quite right about the culture at United, is there? Obviously, no. the, the ownership is whatever, but there's only so much you can you can put that down to. Like the, the manager feels the players, the, the results are poor, um, and I don't see how you can go from having such a good season last season to being absolutely bereft of confidence this season and have, looking like you have absolutely yeah. no idea. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's infuriating. It's it's, it's infuriating and something that I don't think we'll ever understand. And I kind of think you get to a point where you go, well, there's there's been so much incons like the the difficulty and the crossroads that happen are Marcus Rashford is by far, I, I would say maybe well, no, I would say by far our most talented player in forward areas. 
maybe other than Bruno, but Rashford is Rashford is a step above everything else we have and has proved at points that he is he can be extreme like a very good footballer, right? He's proved that at, he's proved that at different points that he can be that. The issue you get though is you just get so much inconsistency and you have to say to yourself, at what point do you just go, actually, I'm done with the inconsistency side of it. I'm gonna get someone who's maybe not gonna be quite as productive as him, but I know will give me eight goals a season four seasons in a row as opposed to getting 19 goals and then three and then 15 and then two and also brings a bit of a circus not and again I, I think Marcus Rashford I think at points is unfairly treated because he is such a he is a superstar like he'd like uh, whether you think he is as a footballer or not I don't think he is as a footballer at all but he's branding everything that obviously happened with the kids and stuff like that he's so marketable and so um recognizable that maybe superstars too far but he is an extremely well-known footballer all of the stuff that comes along with that means that he will get some form of shit for things that he has for things that he doesn't deserve shit for but i also think in the same sense would i want him to go at the end of the season i don't i don't know i don't think so but i also think if someone offered us 80 to 100 million for him i'd probably say yeah see you later fucking hell yeah he definitely would say that because no one's gonna fucking offer it to you Mate, I think people would. I, th- I think if PSG offered eighty to one hundred, it wouldn't surprise me one iota if PSG offered eighty to one hundred million for Rashford. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. And he went and scored thirty goals over there. Would it? Would it? Like when you actually think about when you think about what they spent sixty million on Usman Dembele, who is who might be talented, whatever, because he gets that thing thrown about him all the time. How many goals has he scored in the last five years when he was at Barca? How many times has he? How how injured is he? He's injured all the time. I just, I don't know. I, I think there's something about Rashford that you could get. I think they get a lot of money for him. Maybe. maybe. I really do. If if Man United are going to go and spend 60 million on Elise, they get 80 million for Rashford, I think. Anyway, um, anyway, I'm done with that. But the, do you know what the, the saddest thing is for Marcus Rashford is apparently he was on the Lost Marys and he's going to be gutted hearing that the band's come out today. So um, I don't know what he's going to be. He might have, he's going to be on the uh, he's going to be on the Marlboros and the Super Kings next time he's out in Belfast. But he's been a yeah, Lost Mary think, all season. Anyway, mate. but <laughs> wow, puff puff and pass, Marcus. Um, right, right. Very. Let's go on to um, talk about Maidstone and Ipswich. So. Obviously, oh. well, you spoke about FA Cup. You love FA Cup weekends, don't you? Yeah, I do. I don't know what it is. I, yeah, I've said it before. It's, it's just nostalgic for me. I I love watching just like a game I would just never watch. I would never watch it. Well, I wouldn't watch an Ipswich game. I wouldn't. Unless there was literally no football on, I would not turn on Ipswich. That's no offence to Ipswich. They're doing great in the championship. They're absolutely flying. I just wouldn't bother. I wouldn't, wouldn't turn it on. But Ipswich versus Maidstone in the FA Cup. Absolutely, yes, I'm watching that. And, mate, what a fucking game. Did you watch it? I was playing football, Uh, unfortunately. You missed out. Have you seen the highlights? I know. Yeah. You've seen the highlights? Okay. So, it wasn't just a case of parking the bus. They were there to play, and they were ready to play on the break, and they were fucking quality. Um, The goal, the goal, the first goal, they will. I, I don't think I'll, I've seen a better. Hmm. I think you'll struggle Same. to see a better finish this season in the FA Cup. The finish, mate, is like something from the nineties. You don't really see them anymore. 
the little dink over the diving keeper because the keeper normally wakes, doesn't he? The yeah. little keeper normally stays stays up. But the finish is so good, mate. You're through on goal. You're playing in the sixth. You're striking the sixth tier of English football. You're away at Ipswich, you're one of the biggest clubs in England. Let's not get it. Let's not get it mistaken. They're not a small club. They are a mass. They are a massive club historically. Anyway, um, you're through yeah. on goal. You might not get another chance. It's so cool in front of goal breaks and you think i was thinking he's gonna absolutely smash this in the bot try and smash it in the bottom corner and he digs the keeper nah the audacity <laughs> to do that it's, a, it's an absolute disgrace you gotta have a massive pair of bollocks to do that as well don't you like as in it, you, it's mate i i get nervous i get sweaty hands when i touch like lb and b on clubs when i go for the chip knowing that i'm letting two or three of the boys down <laughs> so to do that as a Maidstone united player against ipswich is huge um I think one of the highlights for me from the game has got to be that fucking bloke falling over the top. Have you seen that? <laughs> the bloke falling down, falling down the advertising board into the fans. Ah, he's he's done that, that fucking... Mate, how much must that have hurt? I can't, I can't, I was trying to, when I watched it earlier, I was trying to get a grasp of the level of pain I would feel. It would fucking kill. He's landed on the concrete. And he's landed on his back. He's, he's like hit the seat. He also must land on someone as well. <laughs> he was almost hit someone as well, um, but I think I think it's as well. I was listening to some of the I was listening to like the players on the way back. They were like drinking Hennessy on the bus on the way back, booked out Moo Moo's in Maidstone or something like that <laughs> straight on the night out. And I was like, that is the fucking magic of the FA Cup in it because like if Ipswich won, if Ipswich won, they would have been like isotonic drinks. Maybe a cheek, <laughs> maybe a cheeky little, I don't know, maybe a cheeky Chinese or a pizza to celebrate the victory. Maybe one or two zero percent Peronis. Mason have gone fuck that. <laughs> Bottle of Hennessy each. Moo moo VIPs. Get the girls walking past with the fucking fireworks in the vodka bowls. <laughs> going fucking huge on it. I rate every so single good. part of that, and I fucking love it. I think it's quality. Do you think it? Do you think it's the biggest cup upset? of our lifetime. So obviously you like the Wrexham Arsenal one that if you watch the documentary, you'll have seen or anything like that of our lifetime that you can remember. I think it might be for me. I think it is. Yeah. I think based on how well Ipswich are performing in the championship, you could probably say that they're, 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 they're probably Premier League quality, bottom half Premier League quality now. It's not far off dumping yeah. a Premier League team or out of the, out of the cup. And they're, they're not even in the football league. They're not even in the yeah. football league. That's the best bit about it. The fact that they're sixth tier of English football and they played so well away at home, I can't I can't remember a better a better FA Cup upset, no. I don't even know what league they're in. They're in the Vanarama South. They're they're two leagues below being professional. I for some reason I thought they were in the league even below that, but that is it's incredible. I think it is I think it's the biggest FA Cup the biggest FA Cup upset of all of of our time. Of, our, of, our, of the last 10, 20 years, I think. I can't think of something that's bigger. It is, it is huge. And like you said, to do it away as well. Doing it at home is... Not that doing it at home would be like... It would be like, wow, this is less impressive. But they got the, they've got an artificial pitch, haven't they? So you kind of think, all right, would that play into people's minds, etc., etc.? Like, maybe not put it in as much. Don't fancy it. But to go to Portman Road, where Ipswich have been unbelievable this year, to then go and beat Ipswich at Portman Road is fucking class. So shout out Maidstone. Maidstone, up Maidstone forever. Well, not forever. Just on, until, just they're on le- until they're not relevant. 
just on Maidstone, I saw um, after the draw was made and they got, I think it was the winner Chef of Coventry. Coventry. And there's a fan who's like, it's not the draw we wanted, but we'll take it. I was thinking, it's not the draw you wanted. It really <laughs> You're going to be playing another <laughs> two other massive clubs. I thought that's yeah. just absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, it's they got City out of quality, wasn't it? Yeah, I've been incredible. But also, if you said to if you said to any Sheffield, if you said to any Mason United fan, right, we're going to knock out a League One side, they'd have been like, nah, fuck off, we're not knocking out a League One side. All right, like, yeah. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go to the team that are second in the Championship, and we are going to beat them at away at their place. They would have gone, you are dreaming. If someone said that to them two months ago, you'd be like, nah, you are dreaming. So they've. It, that's that's almost like that's gluttony, isn't it? That as a response, they fucking done enough. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it would have been great if they got City or whatever, or United or whoever, or Arsenal. Or, um, but yeah, but they obviously they they can't get Arsenal because they're out of the cup. Um, but the, it's, it's still they've still done a brilliant job. So shout out Maidstone, and like I said up and forever until next year when they're not relevant and we stop talking about them, and someone like Sutton United come in and we start loving them instead. Um, Wolves versus West Brom, right? Wolves versus West Brom. I don't want to talk about it too much, right? And the, obviously, look, when no one is condoning, no one is condoning any of the scenes, right? Or any of what's happened, right? Because it's fucking horrific, right? And it, it, it shouldn't be happening. But, 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 but <laughs> the woman, the woman who was absolutely fucking bull bagged running onto the pitch trying to nutmeg a player is <laughs> fucking comedy gold there's no justification of her decisions or what she's doing but it's a fact they've gone into a meeting and gone right Wolves West Brom obviously a bit of a derby only nine miles away from each other let's have it at 11.45 on a Sunday no one's going to be that steaming and that one woman has gone fuck that I'm fuck that I'm just having a Jaeger bomb at hour four in the morning to start myself off she's got absolutely ball bagged and gone do you know what? I reckon I could nutmeg one of them players <laughs> gone on and fucking tried to nutmeg one of them it is Fucking mental. It is fucking mental. Um, the rest of it's obviously, look, it's a sham. It is a bit of a shambles. It's like, well, it's not even a bit of a shambles. It is a shambles, what happened. But we're not here to talk about, the whole point of this isn't for us to go, I'm going to judge all these people, blah, blah. That's not the point in there. So let's not talk about it too much more than that. But I just wanted to bring up the fact that that woman, <laughs> that fucking bald bag woman, <laughs> trying to not make the players. So fucking funny, man. Um, Right, our manager's leaving as well. I think we, we obviously, we're going to look at the continent a little bit now. So we're going to look at um, Xavi leaving Barcelona. Um, did that, did it come as a surprise to you that Xavi's leaving Barcelona? Um, yes, and yeah, it did come as a surprise, if I'm honest. When I felt, when I heard it, I was like, okay, no, I didn't, didn't expect it. They won the league last season. Um, mm. They've obviously started badly. They don't look, they look really, really bad, actually. Um, but yeah, mm. it did still come as a surprise, and then my immediate thought was, "Fuck," because I was trying to think of managers that could potentially take the job, and I've just been thinking all season. I've been thinking if if Ancelotti leaves Real Madrid, are they going to come and take Unai Emery off us? Then I was like, "Nah, probably not. It's probably not. It's probably not like a glamorous enough name." And then I was thinking about Barcelona. I was like, "They would definitely take him." And now all I can mm. think about is please, please don't come and take him from us because that will just ruin my life forever. Um, but I've looked at the odds today and this has filled me with a bit more 
um, confidence that he won't, <laughs> they won't come and steal him because the favourites are just fucking mental. So, <laughs> who are they? Mikel Arteta is ten to eleven favourite. He's come out today and said it's fake news, but I could yeah. see them just just picking him up. I could see that happening. I don't Same. think that would happen, Same. but I think if they came for him, fucking hope they do as well. Yeah, yeah. And then the second favourite is a four to one Hansi Flick. Jesus wept. Very wow. achievable. Very achievable. Yeah. Because he's not in a job. Hansi Flick's not out of work, isn't he? No. Yeah, he's not got a job. So that could definitely happen. Wow. Um, then it's Klopp, <laughs> which just probably won't happen. And Never happening. So the same odds, Rafael Marquez. Where the fuck is he managing now? I didn't even know I he feel was like a manager. Barca have this... Barca will probably have the same thing that like Man United have and... Oh, he's the Barcelona reserve manager. Right. Absolutely okay. stinks of Rafael Marquez. That is yeah. the, be the most Barcelona <laughs> thing. Barcelona loves shit like that. So so congratulations, Rafael Marquez, on getting a Barcelona job. Um, <laughs> I think, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I think Emery's safe. I, don't, I, I think he, Emery, would, Emery is an appointment would make a lot of sense. I feel like he would fit the, the mantra really well. But I feel like the the names you mentioned, I could see Arteta going. Now I know Marquez is their reserve manager. I could see him going. They like promoting from internally. But it wouldn't surprise me if they went for like a Julian Nagelsmann because he's only on a temporary yeah. thing. He's only on a temporary thing at Germany. And it's so obvious that Klopp's going to come. Klopp is going to come in and be the Germany manager in 2025. He's going to take this year off and then halfway through next year, he's going to take a Germany job, I think. I think that's a, I don't think it's a given, but I'd be surprised if that wasn't what happened. Um, but I think Emery's safe. I, th- I think what, what you said about it, did it come as a surprise? Yeah, I mean, I've I've read I read um, Pep's book about being Barcelona manager, and I honestly think in terms of a poison chalice, I think it could be one of the, I think it could arguably be one of the most difficult jobs to do because the media absolutely kill you, like like. But I think Barcelona have like a sense of entitlement that is beyond actually the quality of what they possess. And that might sound that probably wasn't that well. That definitely wasn't the case when Messi was there, and they had like the the unbelievable side when Xavi and Iniesta etc. coming through. But they don't really have they don't really have a they've got a good they've got a very good side, but they don't have a great side. Man United beat them over two legs last year in the Europa League. They didn't qualify for the Champions League. Yes, they won La Liga last year, which is a good achievement, but. I think that's Chavi going above and beyond. If you actually look at their side, they buy quite a lot of shit, and they've got quite yeah. a lot of not that very, not that good players. So, I, I think he was doing a really good job. But I think look, they put they pushed Pep out. Barcelona, the hierarchy, and those around him pushed Pep out. The most successful manager, I think he might even be their most successful manager ever. And he was there for four years. They won the Champions League twice in four years, and they pushed him out. So that shows you how fucking shitly run that place is. Um, they had their owner come out and did that speech about um, why he thinks the Super League is a good idea and why other things are dying and stuff like that. And it's like, oh my god, mate, you ain't got a clue. Plus, you have to deal with the you have to deal with the, Sp- with the Spanish or Catalan thing. You probably, I would imagine that if you are a Spanish speaker, if you are like Emery, Emery would have to go and learn Catalan to go and be Barcelona manager. I feel like they'd be he would look down on if he didn't speak Catalan. He'd have to learn it. So if he spoke Spanish, they would look at him differently. Oh, it's just there's so many bits of politics and stuff like that that make it 
Oh, a fucking really hard job. It's okay though, because Emery's at twenty to one, along with Roberto Martinez, um, Ralph Ranick, Patrick Vieira, Graham Potter, and Gareth Southgate. So he should be okay. I'm um, I'm gonna stick my money uh, that he will be staying. Also, Cesc Fabregas is that also is, twenty to one. That is so offensive. That is so offensive to put Unai Emery in with some of those managers. To put Unai Emery on par with Ralph Ranić in the modern day for coming in and taking the manager role of Barcelona is fucking her. Gareth Southgate. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> Gareth Southgate. Gareth Southgate is not on par with fucking Unai Emery. That is a shambles. Mate, um, I know we were talking about him last week. Graham Potter's waiting for a job. Maybe he is waiting for this job. 20 to 1. Might be worth a tenner. Mate. Mate, I remember saying a few years ago, one of my terrible, terrible football takes was Brendan Rodgers is Brendan Rodgers is born to be the Barcelona manager. I remember <laughs> saying it a few years <laughs> because I was like because like the possession because like the possession style of football he plays, he met he generally improves players. He's he is fluent Spanish speaking. I was like I reckon he'd do such a good job out there because I reckon he'd adapt to the culture so well. And I, but I would still take, I would take Brendan Rodgers, and that's obviously been proven wrong, but I would still take Brendan Rodgers over Gareth Southgate as Barcelona manager. That is fucking yeah. mental. Um, the other thing I just want to just pick up on the, con- uh, on the continent is just really quickly, because I feel like they're not getting as much loving as they should. Inter Milan are very, very, very good. Inter Milan are a very good football team, and they keep winning. They win, I feel like they win all the time. They won the Super, they won the Super Cup last week. Um, they were the Super Cup last mate. week. Prior yeah. to that, yeah, mate, th- and well, they just win. Like they, they have, they have such a good like. They, I don't look at Inter's side and think, oh, there's any like. I'd say the only player I would say is a is a top player in their side is Lautaro. Barella's probably just under that, but Lautaro is. I know Lautaro had a terrible World Cup, but. He's class because I, I actually watch Inter a little bit, so he is class. But even like in November, they were three 0 down away to Benfica, played as like a second string side, come back and draw three 0 in the second half. They win. They've like you said, they're undefeated and they pretty much win every week. Like it's a win or draw sorry. every week, and that undefeated since September. They've lost one game. They lost to Sassuolo. Yeah, but the, but the, the, they're just. They're taking the piss at the moment. Like they're doing so. They won yesterday, one 0 They're keeping made a great save, but um, Janson made a great save. And this is, I think, Inter. Inter basically are such a, 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 a weird club because every summer they're bankrupt. This reported that they're bankrupt, and then they sell one or two players, and then they get a couple of people on low. Uh, they get a couple of free transfers in, and it just change. It just changes them. I don't understand how they're so good at it. The, the, the scouting side of it is impeccable because they get players like. They got Marcus Turam on a free, and he is class. Him, mm-hmm. him, and Lautaro work so well together. They, um, they were going to get Lukaku, obviously didn't. But they're always, they only, they never spend too much money. Like this summer, they bought Fratesi for sixty million. Can't really get in the squad. If you look at their squad, Bastoni came through the the Bastoni came through the um, academy. Jan Sommer was six million. De Vrij was a free signing. Darmian was two million. Dumfries was about 15 million. DeMarco was a, a, a lower sum, about the same. Barella was 20 million. Chalnoglu was free. Um, uh, obviously, Lautaro came from Argentinian football, 14 million. Toran was free. Like they, they, there's no real like superstar big players in there, but they just get results. Oh, and um, 
So Henrik Mkhitaryan was a free as well when he starts the most week and he's outstanding for them. And I know it's Italian football. I know it's got oh, Italian football standards not as good, but they got to the Champions League final last year and they're, mm. they're taking the piss this year. Like, I feel like the the quality of job that Simone Inzaghi and Zaghi and the whole place is doing is so goes really really under the radar. So I just wanted to give a shout out to them. And because I watched I watched Inter Fiorentina yesterday, and this is obviously now different because Inter won yesterday. But they were saying at the game about Chalnoglu, who obviously went from Milan to Inter. One, he's their number one highest paid player. So in 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 a lot of European countries, they don't put their weekly wage; they put their um their annual wage. He's on six and a half million a year. So he's on like, what, 120, 130 grand a week, which sounds like a lot, but when you compare it to some clubs, is nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. But they've won, since he's come in, they've won 71% of games with him. He's been there for three years. And this season alone, he has missed, he had, it's now six games, but it sounds more impressive when you say this. He had missed five games in the season and they'd lost four of them. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't like cut Champions League, etc. Yeah. That is mental, isn't it? Like, that is mental. I couldn't get over how good a statistic that was, considering, like, yeah, just shout out Inter. It's basically what I wanted to say is shout out Inter, because they're doing a great job, and I don't feel like they're getting as, enough, as much love as they should do. And also, they could have... Inter kits could be the best kits of all time. Could be. They, they were. Not anymore, in my opinion. Since the badge has changed, this, it's completely ruined the whole aesthetic. Yeah, true. For me. The, obviously, the blue and white stripes are amazing. Uh, blue and black stripes, sorry, are amazing. But the badge is shit. Yeah, new badge is shit. Um, right, what we're going to do to finish off today's last couple of pods, we've done our top tens, which actually we didn't get much stick at all from from the last one, which is good. Um, what I we're going to do is pub. we're going to do our Premier League predictions. Yeah, f- fucking yeah. Who cares about a pub? Get on the virtual world, man. Get out of the real world. Get out of the metaverse, dude. <laughs> Sorry, that was fucking stupid. Right, let's let's go through our predictions. So we're gonna go through all ten games. Right, you're just. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say a thing. You're gonna give me a score, and I'm gonna give you a score as well. And then we're gonna have a big fucking fight about it. <laughs> so start off up the ass. No, 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 not actually not up the ass. Um. Nottingham Forest Arsenal. What do you reckon? Um, Forest are at home. Declan Rice is a fitness concern I've seen, and that's massive for Arsenal. And I feel like the last couple of times they've played at Forest, it's been a bit. They've struggled. I'm thinking of that FA Cup yeah. game a couple of seasons ago. I have no idea how they did last season at the, uh, the City Ground, but based on that one memory of the of the FA Cup game and no Declan Rice. I've gone one all. Okay, fair enough. I agree with everything you've just said, and I think you make really valid points. I think all of it could come true, but I'm going to go three one Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, next one: Luton, Brighton, the Hatters versus the Seagulls. Can you do an impression of a seagull or not? <laughs> Whoa! Wow, that was a good one. That, that was good. Oh no! Yeah, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> that was better. Wasn't it? Can you do an impression of a hat or not? <laughs> no, I can't. No, really. I was going to do um, something vi- right. visual then, but you're not going to hear that. So, carry on. Um, right. What do you reckon? Um, I feel like Brighton. Have... <laughs> 
I'm gonna for me they're going under the radar a little bit this season, picking up picking up results. Um, I'm just gonna go for a one nil Brighton. Okay, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna explain the logic behind this. I'm gonna go for two one Luton. And the reason okay. I'm going to go two one Luton is because Tom Lockyer turned up to the training ground earlier, and I reckon he said something to the boys, and they are <laughs> going to be fucking bang up for it, mate. You are Deserby, a merchant. Deserby's not sure whether his brill cream delivery is coming in in time or not, so he's shitting himself. And Tom Lockyer is going, I fucking died and was re- reborn like Christ. So I reckon Luton two, Brighton one, Fulham Everton. A fucking a game that no neutral in the country will be watching. <laughs> I feel sorry for Fulham because every time I see a, a Fulham fixture, I think that's so shit. They could be playing anyone, and I think I'm not. I'm not watching that. Um, I've gone two 0 Fulham. <laughs> okay, cool. I reckon. Do you know Everton do this thing once a year where they do a crazy away result? Like, do you remember they beat Brighton five one away last year? But I just don't think that's going to be this weekend. So I'm also going to go 2-0 Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Palace versus Chef U. Okay, nice this, might be, I've got up for that. this might be a worse one. Sheffield... <laughs> Fucking... Right, if you had to, if you had to watch one... Yeah, if you had to watch one of these, Fulham, Everton or Crystal Palace, Sheffield United. Fulham, Everton, 100%. And I just literally, was, okay. I just, literally, I said, there's not a team I would want to watch less than Fulham, and I would want to watch them more than I would want to watch Palace versus Sheffield United. <laughs> well, what do you reckon then? One all. Okay. I, I think, think Palace has been. Really I shit, agree. With- and I think that Sheffield United are due a result away from home, even though they got one against Villa, and they also got one a couple of weeks ago. But yeah. Yeah. I've gone for two one Chef United. I was gonna agree with you, but I've gone Whoa. for two one Chef United because because I feel like Roy is on the ropes. I feel like Roy is on the ropes and I feel like he, I feel like there's a knockout punch coming soon and I feel like he could get he could get his fucking Velcro shoes knocked right off him this weekend. Um Chef United, you're right, I drew a result. I feel like they're just due they're due one good away victory and I think this could be it. Right. Um, the big one, Villa Newcastle. So at the beginning of the hmm. season, they smacked you up five one, and everyone thought, "Wow, Newcastle could be title challengers. Villa are going to be lucky to get in Europe." And twenty games later, it's going, "Wow, Villa are title challengers, and Newcastle could be lucky to get in Europe." Um, what I've, do you reckon? I thought about this one quite a lot because Villa are going through a bit of a slump at the moment. Um, yeah, no, Paul Torres has been massive for us, but. We are at home. And yeah. last season when we played Newcastle at home, I think it was we beat in three. I think it was either three nil or three one. And probably the best performance of the of the season last season for us. Um Newcastle having a hard time of it. I've gone I've gone two one, but my heart says five one. I've gone um I've gone three nil. I think you're going to smack them tomorrow, and I don't know why. I just Three you know, you know when you just get a feeling. I think you're going to, I think you're going to smack them all over the park tomorrow. I just, I just don't know why. I feel like the Joel Linton, oh, he's going, him being injured, and then they're always going at the end of the season. The situation with Trippier, the fact that Almiron might be going, might not be going. Wilson's been off and out to everyone. I feel like they could just be a bit all over the place until January's ended. So I'm going to go for 3 0 Aston Villa, and I think yeah, 
you know better than me because you watch better than me about injuries. Don't know if it is injuries, but I just think you're going to smack the shit out of them tomorrow. So, three know. Right. Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank and the Undertaker boys are away to... Mate. So, what do you reckon the score is <laughs> going to be? Spurs-Brentford. I think Ivan Tony's backfiring. Um, I think Thomas Frank is a great manager. And I think Spurs are going to beat him 3-0. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking, wow, the euphoria of last week, man. That was incredible <laughs> when <laughs> the Undertaker come out. But I think they're going to get smacked back to reality. I mean, James Madison is going to come on and get a goal and an assist. He's not going to start. Richarlison's going to be going, doing that stupid little pigeon dance. <laughs> I think Timo Werner's going to get a goal or an assist. And I think they're going to beat him 4-1. I'm a flying rat of the sky. Nice. Fuck yeah, it. that was perfect. Rats hate pigeons. Hate pigeons, man. Do you know what? <laughs> if there's one thing I hate more than anything well, in the world, right. it's fucking pigeons. Hate Why? Because they're just twats, mate. What are they doing? Do, do, you not, right. do you not hate... Nah, what have they done? What have they ever done that's all right? What have they done that's made you go, oh, actually, they're all right. They try and get your food. They're little scavs. And then when you tell... When, you, when they come close, you're like... You're like, oh, you're like, mate, can you leave me alone? And then they just dip and fly off. I fucking hate pigeons. Um, but, um, sorry, that, that's how, Jesus Christ. You remember like with a friend thing when I was like, you sounded traumatizing. I, I just, I do. I really don't like pigeons. Ask Wilco, Wilco, I tell you, I hate pigeons. Okay, um, moving right, on. Next one. Man City Burnley. Pair of, pair of baldies. What do you reckon? I don't call you baldy baldy. I don't. My head says five nil City, but yeah, I could. <laughs> you know when Pep gets this, he gets this thing in his head about respecting a manager too much. I feel like yeah. he's going to respect company too much, and yeah, it will still finish five nil. Yeah, I always feel like when Pep comes out and says, "Wow, I respect his manager so much," it's usually when they've been done by six or seven, isn't it? <laughs> but I reckon that you, I reckon this could be one of those where Burnley get an early goal and Pep starts shitting himself and it all gets a bit cagey. Yeah. So I've gone 2-1 Man City, but I think it could be one of those cagey ones. Liverpool-Chelsea. Um, I watched Villa-Chelsea on Friday in the FA Cup and Chelsea were toothless. They had they created so much. They pressed so they pressed really high at the pitch. They won they won the ball back loads in dangerous positions, but they just could not put the ball in the back of the net. Um, Liverpool, I feel like they're going to be riding the crest of a wave a bit with the Klopp announcement. Yeah. So I've gone three one Liverpool. Man, I was going to go the exact same. I think if there's a game, to be fair, if there's a game this weekend, if I was going to put a bet on, or this week, if I was allowed to put one bet on, it would be Liverpool-Chelsea, both teams to score. Absolutely fucking stinks of it. 3-1. I think Liverpool are going to batter him, but I think Chelsea are going to score. I think Paul Palmer is going to do that celebration. He'll score the goal, and everyone will, everyone will be on Twitter doing the freezing face celebration. and be like, cold Palmer, bro. It'll be like... Um, <laughs> Potch season, Palmer season, cold coal season. We'll all be doing talking about that. So three one, um, unlucky Chelsea, your shit. But also, I hope you win because I hate Liverpool. Um, West Ham, Bournemouth. 
By the way, can we talk about this, right? Can we just just really briefly, because our mate puts stuff in our group chat all the time about it. I honestly think that West Ham fans could be the worst, the most deluded, not the worst, far from the worst, some of the most deluded fans in the world, to think that they've gone... There was one tweet that came in earlier that someone said, do you think we've made any progress since 2013? And they said no. The hate that Moyes <laughs> gets is so fucking funny because they are doing so much better than they have been doing... And, but they West Ham fans just hate him. I find it so funny. Chill out, man. Let let Dave cook. <laughs> Agreed. Um, Bournemouth are. I actually, yeah, I really like Bournemouth. I hate Bournemouth as a club. No offense, but yeah, they are very likable at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I've disgraced myself so badly there. They're very likable at the moment. No, I get you. I really do like. I do really like the football they're playing, and I found them. I think. Yeah, when they're they're atta- when they're attacking, I think they're they're really really enjoyable to watch. So, um, I've done it again. West Ham two one. I think they'll lose. <laughs> You've literally caved inside of their ass talking about how great they are. You've literally set up camp, cooked, started a fire, started cooking, and then you've decided actually fuck this, <laughs> gone for West Ham. Yeah, I don't. Um, I can't see them beating West Ham at at the um, Solus Bowl. So. Yeah, West Ham 2-1. I think the the thing for me is, like I was saying before, I think David Moyes is doing such an incredible job there. And I think if you actually look at the attacking talent that they've got, Bowen as a striker, Kudas could play for any big club. Paqueta could play for any big club. Um, Edson Alvarez is an outstanding holding midfielder. James Ward-Prowse has been brilliant this year. And I think it's going to be 3-1 Bournemouth. I, I don't know why oh. I just feel like Bournemouth at West Ham just stinks of just stinks of a just stinks of a little of a Philip Billin header and a slanky little oh. shit house couple of finishes or something like that. I think it that stinks of Billin. And again, if I think if I was to put a bet on for tomorrow or for Thursday, I think Billin to score any time. I don't even know if he's yeah. injured. He might be. He might be injured. But I reckon Billin any time. Wolves, Man United. I feel like justice will be served. Yeah, Wolves need this. I feel like this is the point where they're going to finally start getting their luck back because they've had a shit season in terms of luck, haven't they? And it all started that first game of the season. So the reverse fixture, I think, with everything that's happening happening with Rashford and Ten Hag, I've gone Wolves 1-0. I'm going, I reckon Wolves are going to beat us 4-1. I reckon they're going to absolutely take the piss. I don't know why. Just, I, I, I think they're going to take the piss, honestly. I think they're going to beat us 4-1. I think we're going to, I think we're going to go 1-0 up, try and hang on for it, and everyone's going to crumble. 4-1 Wolves. Okay. I'll take I'll take, I'll take. take your word for that one then. I thought I was going a bit out audacious with the 1-0 win, but they are at home. Maybe. 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 Yeah. I think Mateus, Mateus Cunha literally pocketed our centre-backs last time he played them. And on a better day, he would have scored a hat-trick. So I think they're going to matter us. See, I'm, this is my thing with Cunha, and you probably disagree with me, but I think he should, I think he should score a hat-trick on pretty much every, every game he plays in, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He's class. I think okay. he's. I think he's not quite. I think if I wish he was a better finisher, but if he was a better finisher, he would not yeah. be at Wolves. He's got everything else about him. They paid a lot of money for him. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. 
Anyway, right, let's leave it at that. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit, so we'll be able to revisit at least five of these when we record, I know it won't because we're recording tomorrow. Um, but that is the week in football done. We, we, we do say to ourselves, right, let's keep it half an hour and 57 minutes later, we're still here. But Jurgen Klopp's kind of the reason for that anyway. But if you haven't already, like, subscribe on the socials at MateHGW. I am literally going to piss my pants. I don't know how much you can see me jumping up and down here, Dono, but I honestly think I could wee my pants, so I don't know why I'm still talking. Um, Right, it is a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. We love you so much. Enjoy. Enjoy what? (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy listening to that podcast. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy having listened to it and now listen to our player podcast when it comes out. Love you, bye.